Uh, I want to tell you this morning, we're going to talk about Jesus coming. Jesus coming. And he said that he was going to come. Uh, this morning, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 24, if you want to turn over there. But I want to start reading to you from John uh, chapter 14, okay? John chapter 14. And, and Jesus said some things that are important for us to keep in mind this morning. Uh, and he said it uh, in different ways, in different times, and even in the part that we're going to look at in Matthew chapter 24. He's saying, this is the way it's going to happen. This is what's going to, uh, this is what I want you to know. In John chapter 14, he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Let not your hearts be troubled. Um, that's kind of a big blanket statement that in, you know, don't be troubled about this particular issue, but don't let your hearts be troubled. Even as uh, we've sung this morning, there's a reason for that, that because of what God has done, because of his control, because of his son Jesus and what he's done, we don't have to have our hearts be troubled, and yet uh, we struggle, don't we, uh, with those things. Some of you are troubled here this morning as you rolled in. Uh, there were burdens on your heart. There were things pressing in on you. Um, he said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Jesus said he's coming back. Jesus said, he, he said, I, I go to prepare a place, but I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And he, as he shares this, he says this, uh, uh, and you know where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, uh, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. As you hear that uh, this morning, kids and adults of all ages, I want to tell you, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. And we can be there with him. We can be there with him on that last day. Why? Not because of what we have done. Jesus said, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through him. That's this exclusive gospel that the scripture speaks of. Is that Jesus is the only way. And as he shares this, we want to keep this in mind this morning that Jesus is coming back. Uh, there is this visitation, if you will, that Jesus is looking forward to um, as, as we look at our passage this morning. Matthew chapter 24. If you turn in your Bibles there, we're going to spend the rest of our time there. We might refer back to uh, this John passage that I shared with you. But if you'd... Um, Stand in honor of God's word. I'd like to read to you a portion of what we're going to look at this morning. Starting at verse 36. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as uh, we're in the days of Noah, so will the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage uh, until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them, them away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. 
Then two men will be in a field, and one will be taken, and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at a mill. One will be taken, and one will be left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day the Lord is coming. But know this, that if the, uh, that if the master of the house had known what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake. And would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. We'll stop there. God, we ask your blessing on your word. Help us to hear it clearly this morning. And may we uh, respond in faith. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. This is good stuff. Uh, great passage, important one for us this morning. Uh, Jesus said he was coming back, and we know that. We, we know that he's coming back. And it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. And so uh, we want to do How many of you have heard of a prediction of the Lord's return? Like a day, a day that, or a year or something of the Lord's return. Um, it's, it's kind of an interesting deal, isn't it? When people say, I, I, I was, uh, we heard from my son Caleb, he was trying to, trying to uh, study, and he went to, because when you're in college, you can't just study, you got to go to a coffee shop to study, right? And so he went to a coffee shop to uh, get away, and he, I don't know if he, he's a Bible major, so he might have had his Bible out or something that would show him to be uh, somewhat a man of faith, and Anyways, this guy wanted to bend his ear that the Lord's going to return in 2020. Um, and, and my son isn't, uh, he just, all that body language and stuff, he, he yells with his body language. He started laughing. Uh, and when you think you got some great piece of information and somebody laughs at you, it doesn't go very well, right? You know? So anyways, uh, I did not know that. Uh, 2020. Um, there have been predictions. In fact, even as we look at this passage, look at this passage, we see some markers of time, don't we? It's going to be this long and this day and this way. We look back at Daniel chapter 9, and in Daniel it speaks of 70 weeks, and we see 70 weeks of weeks of years, and this idea of 490, and so there's these time frames of numbers. And so, especially those who are inclined, uh, that, that have a really nice calculator and stuff like that, they go, we can figure this out. We can figure it out. And Jesus answers them, those, the, the, the people who want to figure it out, with this. Jesus is talking about this return again, this coming again. And in verse 36, he says, but concerning that day or that hour, no one knows no one knows. And so comfort yourself with this. If this morning you don't know when the Lord's going to return, you're right. You're right. You don't know. You don't know when the Lord's going to return. Uh, he gives us some uh, startling data on this. Startling. He says, no one knows. And we're like, well, okay, nobody knows down here. And then he says, but no, not... Not just no one knows down here, but not even the angels know. 
we figure that we're down here and we see what's down here. We can see things in the news, we can see things happening, and we say, oh, so if we don't see everything that's happening, I get it, I get it, I I don't know what's going to go on. He says, no, not even the angels know that are above us in a sense of being able to see. They go about doing the bidding of uh, God the Father, and and as they go out, but they don't know when the time is. They haven't been let in on it. And then this, he says this, that's even uh, a greater, like, startling thing. Jesus is standing before them. He's speaking to them. And it's as if he says, no one knows, not the angels, nor the Son of Man. I don't know. And you go, how does that work out? And, And... He's God come in the flesh. He's, he's down here on earth. He, the Father and the Son and all things are together. How does that even work out? But he tells us this, and we must believe it, that he does not know the time. This is the Father's plan uh, worked out that is, is on. So if you think about it, it's not on your calendar. It's not on your calendar. Uh, kids, I hope that you have a calendar at your home, and it's not just a phone, but it should be on the phone too, but like, you should have a calendar so you can see the day when your birthday is. It's, it's super important so you can flip through those calendars and mark off days. Uh, some of you are more diligent at that. You can't, I, I just want to tell you, you can't cross out days that haven't happened yet, though, to make it come faster. It doesn't work that way, okay? But, uh, so it's not on your calendar. It's not on your calendar. It's not on the angel's calendar. But know this. That wasn't even on Jesus' calendar. But it's as if the, the Father's plan was exclusive to himself, at least at this time. He says, the angels know the Son. What an amazing truth. And so, if you meet someone at the coffee shop, if you go to a Bible study, if you listen to someone on the radio, if you hear someone at work um, and they say they know, you, you don't laugh at them. Don't laugh at him. That's rude. But hold that one in and say, no, you don't. And if you feel inclined to that yourself, that you figured out some code or something, just say, I've done the math wrong. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. This visitation is going to come. And then he gives some illustrations of this. In verse 27, he says, for, the, uh, for us were the days of Noah. Now, what do you know about Noah. Kids, what do you know about Noah? Noah and the ark. Thank you. Thank you. Noah and the ark. The big, huge boat that fit his whole family on there and a bunch of animals. Not all the animals of all the world, but all the animals, a couple of them of each and a few more of another's, right? He, he got all those animals. Huge boat. In fact, I just want to tell you, some of you say, well... Uh, that seems impossible or whatever. Um, people of faith have figured it out. They've made replicas. Not Well, yeah, they have made a replica now uh, of how big this was, and it's massive. It's in Cincinnati area, if you ever are floating through there. Uh, I don't know why they build it in Cincinnati. It doesn't seem real close to an ocean or anything like that. Anyways, uh, but there's a replica of it. There's smaller ones that you can see in pictures. There's a little museum down in San Diego. You can go check it out and see how it all works out. It, it could work out. This is how uh, the, God told Noah to build the ark. And 
So he worked really hard for a long time and built the ark. And guess what? It started to rain. It rained not just a little bit, but for 40 days. And as this happened, they, him and his family were on the ark with these animals. And you can imagine what the other people were doing. Uh, they had to have known that uh, Noah was doing this. When something's happening in your town or city you, that is going over, word gets out. And this idea of this ark would have been huge and, and building. And over years, this must have happened. And as you look at this, they must have, he must have been the laughing stock of the town uh, until it started to rain. Not just rain, but continue to rain. And then for the floodwaters to start rising and how, how that all came about. And you look at that and when the, when the water started to rise, they were going, Hey, Noah, uh, maybe you got, but it was too late. It was too late. You see, it wasn't on their calendar. It wasn't on their schedule that it was going to rain, that it was going to flood. It wasn't something they anticipated in the future. There wasn't any weather report that says, tut tut, looks like rain. Uh, There was nothing out there. What happened was, God had told him, Noah believed it, and so he didn't know when, but he said, I better get busy, and so he worked. And he worked in such a way where he was ready, and God's plan comes together, the flood comes. Everyone perishes, except for Noah and his family, the animals. You look at that and you go, boy, what a shocker. It was a shocker for those who didn't believe. And he says in a, in a similar way, this is the Son of Man. In verse uh, 38 it says this, For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Uh, it was they were going about their life. They had relationships and uh, they were planning big weddings and they were uh, looking on Pinterest, and no, I don't know that they were doing that. They weren't doing that. But uh, they were eating and drinking, just common things, common things of life. And undoubtedly, common things of life cause us to focus on common things of life. It's not saying that you shouldn't eat, you shouldn't drink, you shouldn't be getting married, you shouldn't be uh, thinking about marriages. He's saying this was the common things that they were doing. And it, at that time... During these common things is when Noah entered the ark, um, and then they were unaware when the flood came and swept them away. He says, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. When Jesus comes, when he comes again, when he comes again, this idea is this, that people will be just going along with their lives. They'll be going along. And it's at that time, in the midst of life happening, Jesus will return. He will come back. Remember that. It's super important. Um, most of us don't do much that's important, right? I, I'm not downplaying our, our significance. There is plenty of significance to our lives, even doing some of those things. But uh, your lunch is, probably isn't going to have eternal consequences, right? Uh, you're probably going to have lunch tomorrow, right? Next day. And you say, I hope so. Uh, In the midst of life, in the midst of life, Jesus will return. That's Noah. 
They were just eating and drinking and marrying, and, and in the midst of that, uh, the flood came, and he says, that's like Jesus. He gives us a few more. In, in verse 40, he says, two men will be in a, a field, one will be taken, and one will be left. There will be a separation. And this is, uh, we're going to get into this idea of separation, of one will be his, and one will not will be his. And he says, two men, you can picture two men in a field. One will be taken and one will be left. It's the idea that they're going about their jobs. They're doing their, their manual labor jobs. They're working side by side. But because of the return of Christ, there will be a separation based upon the relationship they have with the one coming. There'll be a separation. From there, he moves on to women, two men and then two women. Verse 41. Two men, women will be grinding at the mill, and one will be taken and one will be left. He uh, goes to two common women, really two common men and then two common women, uh, just going about their day, doing their chores of the day. The men were doing their chores. The women were doing their chores. They were doing them side by side. But because of the coming of the Lord, it will be different for one than the other. There will be a separation he goes from this idea of separation, uh, he, he starts with the idea of surprise or going about the common day surprise, and then he talks about this separation, and now he talks about sleeping and waking, and he's going to come back to some of these themes in the uh, passages that we're going to look at in days ahead. But he says, sleeping and waking, he says, therefore stay awake, for you do not know on what day the Lord is coming. Stay awake. Now, he, he's, he's not saying, don't go to sleep until the Lord returns. Some of you, you know, some of you got a lot on your minds. You say, I already do that. Uh, I'm not going to sleep, ever. Um, I, I'm mulling over the big things of life and how I can fix them. Uh, he says, stay awake. He, he's talking about this spiritual idea of being awake as opposed to sleeping. Uh, I think about the kids in here and uh, some of the, the teenagers, they've had sleepovers. And sleepovers, you know, they're a work of the enemy. But anyways, um, but um, you do sleepovers and it's always, it's always awful when you're the kid that goes to sleep first, right? You understand? Because pe you don't know what's going on when you're asleep. They're messing with you, right? I remember I was in college and I was uh, working at a camp and I was that guy. I, I was really tired. I fell asleep. And uh, in the morning, I, I got awoken that I had a phone call at the camp. And so, um, but in the night, I didn't realize they had put um, sticky candy on my bed. And as I tossed and turned at night, I, I was smashing the candy, some just to my bed and my sleeping bag, but others to my person. And so I woke up and I was excited to get this phone call and I had gummy bears or gummy worms stuck to my legs and I was going, to, anyways, um, if you don't go to sleep, you know what's going on. If you, if you don't go to sleep, you, you'll, you'll be aware of what's happening. And he says, this is the idea of spiritual awareness. And as I share this with you, this is what we're doing here. The rest of the world's going on, right? Sunday morning, what's happening Sunday morning? Lots of different things, right? Some are making their bean dip for the game this afternoon, right? 
Some are uh, doing chores. That some are just sleeping in. Some are doing. But what we're trying to do here is stay awake. Stay awake. Why? Because there's something going on in the future. We don't know what day that is. And so he calls us for this spiritual alert awakeness. He gives an example of this as well. And he says in verse 43, But know this, if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. So uh, if Robert calls and he says, hey, I'm going to come at 2.30 in the morning, you say, great, I'll set my alarm clock. Great, uh, I'll be ready for you. Uh, you know, all the doors locked, I'll, I'll be locked and loaded, I'll be ready for you. Uh, I'll be ready for you. But the, the context of this is we don't know when. And so uh, we just know it's in the future. And as these days tick off, we know the future is closer than when it was when we first believed. And so we look at this, this spiritual alertness, this spiritual being awake. Uh, Jesus tells us that the day is coming. The day is coming. We don't know what time it is but that we know that it is coming, and so we should make preparations for that. Well, he, he moves on to a different topic, not, not different in the sense of another topic, but the idea of, what, so what do we do while we wait? Um, it, it's interesting, sometimes when we get excited about an event that is to come, we like to sit down and just think about it. We like to just fill our thoughts, and you say, well, what are you thinking about? I'm thinking about my birthday. So excited about my birthday and what's going to happen. Oh, I'm excited about Christmas. Christmas is going to be great. Hope it gets snow this year. Um, and uh, we think about it and we sit there and we think. And uh, if you think about something long enough, you forget about what you're doing, right? And it, there's probably some things that you should be doing in light of the fact that that's coming. And so Jesus moves from there. And I just want to give you just. A little bit of this, and we're going to come back to this in two weeks. It's the idea of working while we wait. Verse 44. Therefore, you must also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. From there, knowing that we do not know when it is, verse 45, he says this. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has set over his household to give them food at the proper time? Verse 46, blessed is the servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. The idea is this, that Jesus is saying, uh, we have this relationship, we have this relationship that you've come in because of uh, my relationship with you and your relationship with me, you have a relationship now with the Father. And because of this relationship, it's a, uh, it's a master-servant relationship. And we love it that way. We love to be his servant. And he says, I've given you something to do. I've given you something to do. And that's what I want to find you doing when I return. He gives two examples in, in this passage. I'll just touch on the other one as well. In verse 49, he says, But if that wicked servant says to himself, My master is delayed and begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards. 
he, he highlights two, uh, two different servants. One, one is a faithful servant. He's going about the duties that he's been given. And as the Lord returns, he finds him doing that. But another said, ah, you know what? It's not going to happen for a long time. I don't think it's going to happen today. I'll go and do whatever I want to do. It's okay. That's a big purse. No problem. No problem. Uh, as we look at this, we realize this, that there are two different kinds of servants. And, and what he's connecting is we don't know when the Lord's going to return. We don't know. Because we don't know, what should we do? Roll the dice? Try to figure it out? What, what should we do? We should work while we wait. We should work while we wait. And you say, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, um, I think you do. I think you do. It's interesting. Um, obviously, I've been thinking about this. Um, so uh, I'm a juror. I'm a juror, and I can't tell you about the trial and everything, but uh, there's something great about being a juror. How many of you have been a juror before? And, and you, you, you say, man, I'm, I'm powerful here. You know, I'm juror number eight. I wish I was juror number one. But anyways, uh, juror number eight, and I'm powerful, and like, you know, I, I'm the decider here. You know, I've won 12th of this, this, this decision. And there's a sense of power to it. So I'm doing big things. I did big things last week. I'm going to do big things this week. I know it. Part of my duty. And in fact, a um, little side note, pastoral note here. I think you should do jury duty if you can. And you say, well, why? Because, because if you have a clear mind and a biblical worldview, our community needs you to make decisions like this. Okay? You have to think that through. Anyways, um, what was I talking about? Oh, uh, big things, big things, big things. You know, I'm a juror. Uh, so, some of you are planning on doing big things. Maybe even you're planning on doing it this week. Uh, how many of you think it's a big deal to vote? Yeah, voters. Some of you say, uh, yeah, even as Tom alluded to what we're doing here, I mean, if, if you could have two votes, would you take them? Three, four, yeah. Early and often. You know, that, that great phrase from the city of Chicago. Um, uh you, you look at that and you say, man, that's big stuff. That's big stuff. I want to tell you, there are big stuff for you to do today. Uh, how many of you have kids in your home? But you got big stuff to do this week. Huge, huge. How, how many of you have grandkids? How many of you have coworkers that are lost? Neighbors that are lost? How many of you have... Uh, uh, maybe adult kids that your heart is breaking for and, and your heart is with them and they're, you have big stuff to do today. And I want to tell you, that big stuff, that big stuff is bigger than the big stuff of voting and serving jury duty. and like it, It's bigger than that. Why? Because it affects the generations to come and prepares them if God would so work for the day that is to come. 
So, so he wants us engaged. He wants us to work. We have stuff to do around here, and, and, and there are many different things. Why does this church need to stay open? So that we can remind ourselves to stay ready, that we would be a, an influence in this community, that we would be a part of rescuing families that maybe have drifted away and said, hey, I'm, I'm stressed out about so many different things. What are they? Well, they're super important well what are they and you go well maybe they're not that important but i'm still stressed out about them and to draw them in here to draw them to the savior that they might know for us who would say oh it's not a big deal the master is delayed i'll do whatever i want i'll eat and i'll drink i'll party it up i want to tell you that that's not the way to treat the fact that you know that the lord will return and this is for us two kids. Uh, I know the kids are going, this, this is big stuff. I'm just trying to get through, you know, fourth grade. Fourth grade's a big deal, too. Uh, that's the time in my life where I understood that I needed a Savior, that I needed, that I, that I needed to prepare for this day. So, anyways, I have three things for you how to be ready. The first one is this, to be His, to be His. And you say, well, what does that mean? I'm talking about it in John 14. He says, I'm coming back. Coming back. Uh, I, I've gone to prepare a place, but I'm coming back. And how do you get there? How do you get to be in relationship with Him? It's trusting in Him. He said, He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes. is to come to Jesus. It's to give Him your life, the pieces of it, the, all that you have. And it's not like you... Uh, you, you figure it all out and then you give it. No, you just give it to him and say, I'm yours, I'm yours. My great things that I think that I've done as well as my sins, the mess that I'm in right now, I am yours. Jesus, please save me from these sins, <laughs> these sins that I've committed and the failures of the future. Jesus, I need you to be his. This is how we prepare for this day. I want to tell you, uh, even as I've talked about being excited, for some, you, you look at these end-time events and you go, I'm terrified of them. Don't be terrified if you are His, but if you're not His, there's reason to be terrified. But if you're His, there's not reason to be terrified. It's reason to be excited. I jumped ahead. Anyways, second, how to be ready. Work, work. Invest in the things that God has placed before you, your children, your marriage, to, to, to serve in this church, to be a part of his work, to, to share the good news with those he's put around you, to realize that, that not everyone's ready to work. There's still work to be done. And then thirdly, be excited. Be excited. To be excited to wake up in the morning and go, one day closer, one day closer. To be excited to say, wouldn't it be great? I, most of us, we wait until we're in the midst of this huge test, and then you say, wouldn't it be great if we were out of here right now? You know, it's like a Southwest commercial or something like that. Uh, uh, no, to be excited every day, to realize your greatest excitement down here will not compare to that which he, when he returns to take you to himself. Please pray with me. 
Kids, if you have uh, questions about this, and parents, if you have questions about this, talk with one another, and uh, we would love to help you here. Uh, make sure that you're ready uh, for the Lord's return. God, thank you uh, for the amazing plan that you have for us. And God, we, we struggle with getting our head around uh, how all these things that have gone on for so long will cease to exist and will change, and uh, not according to man's uh, clock, but uh, to yours and yours alone. And God, we ask that you would draw people to yourself, that your church would continue to grow, not just so that we could have greater numbers, but that more would be prepared uh, for the day when your son Jesus comes. We thank you in his name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. Dangers next week. We'll see you next week. Surrounded on a throne of endless prayer